This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. WGT Golf is the most popular golf game in the world. Plus, they are the official gaming partner of DNVR. And the DNVR community has had so much fun playing WGT Golf that we've had to open a third clubhouse. Each clubhouse holds up to 250 people. Two weeks ago, we did our first major event where there was a cash prize winner and then for cash prize first place and second place third place got mask shirt and hat so we had a lot of fun doing that if you don't want to feel left out anymore you can download wgt and join the w the w join the dnvr3 clubhouse by going to dnvrgolf.com nobody out three and two on charlotte Jokic gets it across the timeline gets a high pick and pop with murray lindsey breaking through taken away by nathan mckinnon two on two with landis guy he has done it again vaughn miller ladies and gentlemen dog two hands the goal of Jokic. save me by grubauer with the left pad oh goodness gracious me take a good luck you won't see it for long two on home run trevor story lock ends on touchdown Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast, presented by Breckenridge Brewery. I think we all need a beer today. <laughs> For and sure. Starting. Oh. I'm your host, Ali Monroy. With me today, I've got AJ Hayfley, Harrison Wind, Drew Creaseman, and Zach Stevens. And by the headline of this podcast, you already know what we're talking about. We try and have some fun on this podcast. You guys go to all of our guys' podcasts for the deep dive analysis every day. But this is really some of the biggest news that's happening in Colorado. And so we're going to talk about it. Which league has dealt with COVID-19 the best so far? And because of that, we're going to start off with Zach and what's going on with the Broncos. The Broncos themselves seem to be be handling this well, but their opponents, on the other hand, are not, and that is causing them to possibly not have another game for the second straight week, if that does happen, making it 24 days between games. But from, from what we're reading, it might still happen. Zach, what's going on? I know today has been hectic since the very beginning for you. Yeah, we're certainly not talking about the Broncos first because the NFL has handled this the best. That is for sure, because the NFL has not handled this anywhere close to the best among the big four leagues. And this morning news comes down that the Patriots have another positive COVID test. So they haven't been in the building all day today. Their practice was canceled. Uh, And we're just sitting here 48 hours before the game, not knowing whether the game's going to be played. And the most disappointing thing about all of this, guys, is that the NFL coming out from Adam Schefter says the NFL 
has no contingency plans in place right now. And I don't know how you have that when you have a positive COVID test just two days before the game. That blows my mind. And, I mean, it's not even the first positive COVID test before a game. We've we've seen this happening in the NFL for the last three weeks um, and also seeing fake positives. So it's kind of been an interesting Thing happening the last few weeks. Of I, I think that's the best way to put yeah, it. There's I, a, I think that's the best way to go. There's a lot of people talking yeah. whether the Patriots or a team is testing positive should forfeit. Forfeit. Or, or if the NFL should just already extend it to week 18. There's just so many different things. Zach, how do you feel about the situation? Other people are saying a team shouldn't have to forfeit because they're sick. Um, but this seems pretty crazy that the Patriots at least continue to be receiving positive tests. Yeah, to, to me, I mean, we're, we're, we've only made it through five weeks of the season right now. There's still 12 weeks left. And the fact that the NFL, uh, the Broncos are out of options in order to, to move this game anywhere else but a week 18. So they're going to have to realize either – Teams aren't going to be playing full 16-game seasons, so you're just going to be canceling games, or you're going to have to add a Week 18, maybe even a Week 19, because what if they do push this Broncos game to a Week 18? Well, then what happens if the Patriots or the Broncos then need to reschedule another game? You're going to have to open up a Week 19. So the NFL is going to have to be creative here, something that we haven't really seen. Yeah, they've moved the schedule around uh, reconfigured games, but that's that's only going to go so far as we're, we're not even into Week 6 yet. And in terms of forfeiting, uh, maybe Drew's going to disagree with me here, but I think if a team doesn't do anything wrong, then COVID's just, it's, it spreads so easily. So I don't think a team should be punished if they're not caught doing any, anything wrong. Where you, you could have done that with the Titans, where they were doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. But the Patriots, it doesn't necessarily seem like there's any concrete evidence that, that there was uh, anything done wrong. So I personally wouldn't punish them with the forfeit right now. Drew, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'll defer to Zach on the specifics of who did or didn't do anything wrong. I mean, the Titans, I think it was it was pretty clear there. But uh, it's it's a fine line. It's a fine line that we, we're walking in this day and age because on the one hand, yes, I agree with Zach's statement that you shouldn't punish people for getting sick. On the other hand, um, when there are so many other people who are – following the proper protocols and not getting sick um, there's it's difficult for me to just naturally reach the conclusion that yeah they've probably done everything correctly they've all been as careful as they should be and this just keeps happening to the Patriots and as much as it seems unfair to punish somebody for getting sick it seems more unfair <clears throat> to, me to punish their potential opponents or the people around them who've really done nothing wrong and that's the reality that we're now living in where other teams are having to make adjustments uh, that hurt them competitively in order to account and, and make way for teams that may not at least certainly in, in in terms of the titans be doing things properly so i get why a lot of people out there are frustrated and I'm among them. I can't call unequivocally for the Patriots uh, game to be forfeit. It's easy to do that out here wearing this uh, <laughs> in particular. But, uh, you know, it's just, it, it again, for like our, our no coast bias thing, right? Get the shirt at dmvrlocker.com. 
but it, it does fe it, it feels also like another one of those things that goes into those categories even though it's in a lot of ways not there's a happenstance that it happens to be the patriots but it just does seem like the league will go out of their way to make things work for those guys and if it happens to mean stomping on the broncos who cares and that that just or anybody else for that matter before we continue zach for fans who are listening to this podcast who aren't necessarily a fan of the NFL or the Broncos, what has the NFL been doing to try and prevent this? We know the NHL and NBA had a bubble. The MLB had their own system. What exactly are the NFL doing to prevent this from happening, having each team follow certain protocols and guidelines? Well, the NFL has been extremely reactive since starting training camp. One thing that they did do before training camp started was they set up a ton of protocols, which you had to do. I mean, you, you pretty much have to do that to run any sort of business right now. Uh, and so they set up those protocols. They've become more, more strict as the season's gone on, and you've seen these outbreaks happen across the league. But then since, they've just been very reactive. They haven't been uh, talking about a Week 18 setting that up. They haven't been talking about potentially moving the Super Bowl. They haven't been talking about potentially having a bubble. And you see some reports this week where the NFL, you know, hasn't ruled out doing a bubble for the playoffs. Well, we got to get to the playoffs. We're 12 weeks away from the playoffs right now. Uh, and so we need to figure something out right now because what I want is I want to see football played on Sundays. And if that means that there's – uh, I don't think you're going to see a bubble like the NFL and NBA where uh, they go to one or two locations. I just don't think that'll happen in the NFL. But one thing they could at least try to do is a bubble within each city. Now, that's not as good as a bubble where every single team is in one city, but it would be doing something to to try. That's one thing that's been tossed out. Uh, but it, in, until that happens... There's NFL has just been very, very reactive to this. The complete opposite of what the NHL and NBA have done. Harrison, what do you think of the way the NFL has been handling this? Well, I think Zach put it pretty well. They've been totally reactionary. And I don't really get the resistance from the NFL to not just try to add weeks on to the end of the season and push things back instead of like, canceling the Nuggets bye week and trying to cram in all these games. I mean, at the very least for the NFL, the season would just extend further and further. Now, I mean, they're just operating under this notion that, oh, we're just going to try to barrel right ahead. We're just going to try to, you know, go business as usual and just like pretend this virus isn't affecting the league as much as it is. And that's what a lot of the world is trying to do as well. But, um, I don't see why they shouldn't look to stretch this thing out and just kind of take the long view instead of being super reactionary, as Zach was saying. AJ, what are I mean, your I thoughts? Think it's, I, I think it's just classic NFL arrogance where they think the world doesn't apply to them. And they plowed right through with their draft. They've plowed through with everything else. They've, they've tried to avoid changing too much of their schedule as much as possible. And then, like, it's all it's kind of all crumbling down on them right now. You know, baseball was able to adjust on the fly because you can play double headers and then you can cut them to seven innings and you can you can do things to try and make up games. You just can't do it in the NFL. Yeah. And look at look at all the work that they did just to cancel the one game already. And like teams are teams are out of breathing room now, you know, you don't have that leeway anymore. And I just you know, to me it just looks like the NFL just thinking that Things just don't apply to them like normal. And they're just going to continue to plow ahead and put their head in the sand and 
okay, well, let's just hope this goes well. That's, I mean, Zach, Zach's being extremely nice when he says they've been very reactionary because they didn't have a plan. They didn't have anything. They just, they just went into it and said, let's hope this goes well, because it's obvious that they didn't have a contingency plan. They, they yeah. just barreled right on through it and were like, ah, we're going to have fans on the stands. We're going to do all these things that these leagues that have been successful are not doing. And then, oh, when when we have teams that are breaking the rules, like, oh, we're going to make them pay us money. Cool. The, the, thing, the, the things that the NBA and NHL did and that baseball eventually got to was those sports, like, they respected the virus. Yeah, they respect the virus. The NFL has no respect for it. They think they can go keep on operating business as usual. And you just can't in the world we're living in. The other sports recognize that um, the NFL hasn't yet. Um, We have a comment here making a good point from Michael Harrison saying they had more time than any league to plan this out. They did. They had a chance to watch all the other leagues try stuff out. And the plan that they came up with was what exactly? Like they put a bunch of protocols in place in their, in their own, you know, in their buildings, they work for a little while. The discipline starts to go away. People are like, Oh, well, nothing's happening here. (laughs) Yeah. For people listening to the pod that was interrupted by um, Brandon Spano's dancing. On That's the live what we're stream. calling it. <laughs> that was the whitest thing I've seen today. <laughs> AJ's making fun of you. <laughs> he said, "Love that." <laughs> yeah, I just, I just think that the NFL, the NFL had a chance to watch and learn and take a bunch of lessons, and they were like, "Meh, we're the yeah. NFL." What's just what's mind blowing to me too on top of that, AJ, is just that there's not a protocol for what happens if a player tests positive 48 hours before the game. Do you automatically push that back? I would think that there'd be some contingencies, right? But according to Adam Schefter, as of right now, no contingencies for this game. Uh, and what we've seen is, you know, the, the league push a game back to Monday. Well, there's already two games on Monday because they had to move one game back. Well, they could push the game back to Tuesday. And then it goes to what Drew was talking about, about yeah. that competitive advantage, just crushing the Broncos, because then they would be not not only playing the game, you know, 19 days after the last time they played, uh, but then they'd be on a very short week playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think especially with seeing the way that the MLB reacted to having players test positive and then having the team decide if they were going to play against an opponent, seeing all the mistakes that that the MLB did make early on, you could have just planned a little bit more ahead, just like a little more. But but then there are teams who are following guidelines, who are doing everything they can. The Broncos haven't had a positive test yet. The players seem visibly frustrated. And I know Vic Fangio said this determines the whiners and, and the bitchers, but come on, like this is a frustrating situation going on and 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 now look at where they are. There's a chance that the game might be canceled again. Yeah, and the Broncos were supposed to play the Miami Dolphins this week. The Miami Dolphins are fine in terms of testing. So then, you know, the players can say, oh, my gosh, just because they wanted to accommodate the Patriots. Like Drew was saying earlier, now the Broncos miss out on this game and, and, and their schedule is just messed up again. But as of right now, the Broncos are scheduled to fly to New England tomorrow afternoon. 
is is Mace gonna fly tomorrow as well? Or yep, Mace he's... Mace is going to the games. What if the games cancel? Well, I guess he hopes it's just like last <laughs> week where it was moved at like eight in the morning the day before, and you know his flight's at nine thirty. So oh you better goodness. be checking Twitter. Oh man, is he flying Southwest? Free change fees? He does. He does have that. So there you go. At least you have important. That. It's important. Yep. <laughs> Let's say the Broncos do play the Patriots on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. Drew Locke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where we're going. Welcome to 2020, everybody. <laughs> there is it a very high chance is Drew going to be playing or is expected to play still, Zach? Yeah, Drew, Drew's going to be playing, which is big for the Broncos. Uh, if Brett Rippon went against Bill Belichick, it would be very, very rough. Now, Drew is still a young player, and Bill Belichick typically has his way against young players, so that's tough as well. But it is a huge upgrade getting him back. The Broncos are going to have Philip Lindsay back. And, of course, Melvin Gordon had his uh, was charged with the DUI earlier this week. He missed practice today, but not because of that because he's dealing with a non-COVID-related illness. Vic Fangio today said that the doctors have diagnosed it, they're treating him, and if he's healthy enough, he will play, but there's a chance that he might not be healthy enough. So, I mean, the Broncos get something back, and then they get something taken away, um, and it's going to be tough to beat the Patriots because Cam Newton's back. Is he is he hungover? Is he just? Hey, yeah, I was gonna say, has, has he tried has he tried water and ibuprofen? <laughs> what about uh, IV? Those they have the IV bars all around Denver. <laughs> you know, Vic, Vic said. Uh, Vic not only said, is it not COVID related? He said it's an illness. It's not COVID related and not related to the incident on Tuesday night. So <laughs> he <needs> to clarify. <laughs> yeah, it's a good uh, clarification. If the Broncos play the Patriots, Zach, do you think they'll win? I don't. I, I think <laughs> I think it's tough. And now you could point to the fact that the Patriots have had so much uncertainty. You know, they haven't been practicing much. But then we just saw what the Tennessee Titans did against the Buffalo Bills earlier this week, where they were the team that had the COVID issues going throughout their building for multiple weeks. They didn't get to practice, and then they come out and just stomp the Bills. So I don't think, especially being led by Bill Belichick, that that would slow them down. So uh, I predict that the the Patriots will win. I do think the Broncos will keep it within the spread. Uh, so I that's think that news. it is, and I think that's the first time this year that I'm picking the Broncos to keep a game within the spread. So, um, so I think the Patriots win by a touchdown. Zach gave you some betting advice there, but of course, week six is about to start this weekend, and there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week six, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings, you should do so today. Head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss out on this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on top of that great sign-up offer. DraftKings offers great odd boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. I have yet to take advantage of one of DraftKings' amazing offers, which is put $1 or bet $1 to make $100 on any NFL team. Last week, everyone told me my only option was taking the Cowboys, and 
as an Eagles fan, I just couldn't do that. So I'm excited to check out um, DNVR bets daily from today and figure out what team I am going to place my $1 bet on to make $100 because it's a big decision. I know you might just be losing $1, but I want $100. So I've been taking my time on it. Do you guys have any suggestions? Any team that you're like bet on? Patriots? I'm... The Patriots? <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> Beat me to it. Zach, are you? Should I take the Broncos? <laughs> oh boy, no, I'm not that confident. I'm going to cover the spread. No. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, download the top-rated sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up and get up to one thousand dollars. That's code DNVR to get that $1,000 sign-up bonus for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Right. You might want to take your Ravens over or your the Ravens over your Eagles, Allie. Well, the Eagles. Bet. Well, from what I just heard, the Eagles uh, have a positive test. So, oh, positive no. test, so no. I don't even know. Never mind. <laughs> the news is coming in fast. These yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we already talked about how the NFL has been handling this, but out of all four pro sports, I want to get to each of you to talk about which one you think handled the situation the best. Zach, I know you have to head out, so let me ask you first i don't really know how to how to put a number one when the nhl and nba both did such a great job with it uh and then i think there's a, a clear step below with with the mlb but they they had some tests deal with, with it well and then i think you put the nfl uh a, an easy fourth last in this uh but i mean just just props to the nhl and nba for doing a fantastic job they really showed that the bubble can work does work and will work if you fully commit to it, and that's what that's what both of those leagues did. So I think it is so easy, and may, maybe maybe the basketball and, and hockey guys will have more insight on just how those separate. But for, from a from a guy a few steps back from both of those leagues, they both did a tremendous job. I agree with that. Do you guys want to talk about how um, the NHL and um, NBA differed a bit in their bubbles? Well, the the one thing I'll say is that. The NHL bubble might have been even more impressive than the NBA because the NHL pulled off two bubbles. You know, the NBA was just in one area where the NHL did this in multiple cities. And, like, going forward, I, I don't think there's going to be, like, a bubble for the NBA next season. I would be surprised if there was. But, you know, if there was and they, like, try to play in home stadiums and whatnot and then have to go into bubbles, it's probably going to be, like, a multi-city thing. So the fact that the NHL has done this in multiple cities, um, that's like, I, I think, potentially like going to have a bigger impact going forward than just the NBA doing it in one city. So I think that's significant. AJ? Yeah. Um, the thing that I think the NBA probably did better was that they there were some people allowed inside it. Hmm. Um, that kind of made the quality of life a little bit better. Um, NHL players talked about how when they got done that they weren't gonna, they were they were so excited to get out of there because they they were supposed to have family and friends join them in the conference finals, 
And because of the border restrictions and because of all the problems that it presented, um, they, you know, they, they could only get a private plane for 50 grand to fly them, to fly somebody up there. And like a guy, you know, a guy on an ELC, you know, making, making $70,000 in the, in the AHL is not going to be able to afford that. So, You know, there were there were a lot of uh, logistical issues that that the NHL had in getting uh, in in providing something that they promised to the players was that loved ones would be able to family and friends would be able to join them in the bubble. It didn't happen. And players were really pissed about it. And it's a major pushback from their end on the possibility, because now the NHL is talking about having. Um, multiple bubbles for next season for the entire regular season because it worked so well. Um, credit like credit to the NHL. The fact that they're in this conversation is frankly shocking to anybody familiar with the league. <laughs> that they that they managed to do anything on that scale that well is mind boggling. To the the idea that people not familiar with the NHL are like, wow, hockey did a great job. It's like. Whoa! Because you know the NA- the NHL is wildly incompetent at almost every turn, and they pulled this off, but they still couldn't do it without pissing off their own players because they couldn't they could not get loved ones in there, and they yeah. said that that was a thing they were going to make it happen. They couldn't they couldn't deliver, and that was a big problem for that bubble. In terms of pulling it off with zero positive tests. And they were there from late July until the first week of October. Like, they crushed that that part of it. It was extremely effective. Um, the players had some complaints, but otherwise, like, in terms of functionality, they pulled it off. And the NBA, outside of the, the one dude and going to get chicken wings at the strip club... Which was uh, a great story. <laughs> which like ended up being like a relatively like harmless, like it's kind of a fun, like, well, well, that's the NBA kind of story. Yeah. Um <laughs> totally. really like the NBA <laughs> the NBA did a great job. Like to, perfect. To me, it looked it looked like a lot more fun to be in that giant bubble altogether. Mm. Like Jamal Murray posting posting on Instagram a picture of Donovan Mitchell right after Donovan Mitchell just torched the Nuggets and being like, oh, that dude's just sitting over there eating food like like 15 feet away from me. And like just the way that the NBA kind of has that camaraderie with opponents made that bubble seem a lot more interesting. Also, the independent media being allowed in the NBA bubble to kind of yeah. walk around and document it. Like we felt like we were very familiar with the NBA bubble. Yeah. Both NHL bubbles are still mysteries <laughs> because they wouldn't let anybody in. They, they had the NHL.com guys were the only ones that were allowed in. And those guys are not independent media. And obviously like they're not going to say a single critical word about anything. AJ, I do have a question though. If you think that, it was all if the NHL was all in one city, all in one bubble. Do you think the players would have that same attitude towards their opponents? I feel like the NHL is just a little different. Like after big yeah. losses and stuff, I don't know if they. No, they, know, the, the NHL is way different. They, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I can I can tell you, Jamie Ben and Nathan McKinnon aren't sitting at a bar together having a beer. Yeah. There's not there's not any respect there. You know, it's just raw <laughs> hatred of that guy during their series. 
It wouldn't be like it wouldn't like like it's one of the things I love about the NBA is that the players treat themselves like a brotherhood. Yeah. And like the NHL kind of has that feel when it comes to very specific things. But when it comes to like they're in the middle of the playoffs, like they don't want to see each other. Yeah. They don't want to they want to be on an elevator with that guy. You know, like the in the NBA, it's like they get off the floor and it's like a lot of those guys are like, All right, let's go hang out now. Like, like, yeah. okay, work is over, let's go play together, you know? <laughs> and it the NHL doesn't have that feel. Like those guys, the the teams are the families, those are the brotherhoods. And yeah. it's just a just a different atmosphere. It was definitely cool to see Jokic hanging out with a bunch of different people from uh, so many different teams, just bonding, getting to know, especially because a lot of them are foreign and being able to like speak the same language at dinner and be around yeah. people of their own culture. It's, that, that was really cool to see with the NBA bubble. Here's oh, AJ, my first question. My last question for you is, do you think, what team do you think, or what league do you think did it best? If you had to choose. Um, I would say I would say the NBA with the NHL like a very close second just because of the family. The, the family thing was a really that they promised it and then could deliver was a really big problem for them. That makes um, sense. A lot of also, people are saying NHL. Shout shout out to the MLS and uh, and the the women's oh, yeah. soccer league as well because they all did a great job of getting their their seasons through as well. Also AEW. Got it, Te- got technically, the UFC there. too. Yeah. Oh, you're As right. opposed technically to the WWE, UFC. who may have actually handled it worse than the NFL in the early. <laughs> they may yeah. actually be lowest on. Well, we'll see how the NFL goes from here. They're close. There's still the time. Yeah. They're they're right around there. The Drew, WWE what had team? to like fire like 15 people <laughs> of his staff, and it was awful. Wow. What yeah. team do you think did it the best? No, what I team, mean, I, what I, I agree with everyone else's rankings here. You know, the NBA first, NHL second, MLB a very comfortable third, which again surprises me. <laughs> kind of in the same way AJ was surprised by the NHL, like especially considering their start. Major League Baseball did almost everything wrong up front that they possibly could, like going into it, um, including deciding to have a big, huge CBA fight with their players over the COVID situation and even being able to retake the field and having a 60 game season to begin with, quite frankly, is, is inexcusable. They very easily could have had a 90 game season or a hundred game season. If Rob Manfred and the owners hadn't played hardball, pardon the pun at like the worst possible time, Uh, you know, and then there was the first week and a half where we saw so many, positive tests and you know there there's just a couple major differences about the structure of baseball that saved them and AJ kind of brought that up earlier you, you have enough games where you could cancel a couple of series and, and schedule some seven inning double headers later in the year um, and you also just have these gigantic farm systems like baseball teams are these enormous things and it's generally expected it's not typically true but it's generally expected you can just call up a bunch of guys from your farm system and plug right along and the Marlins actually did that and hung on for a little while but it was crazy I'll tell you guys like after every single podcast for the first week and a half two weeks of the season you know Patrick and I would sign off and then we kind of look at each other and go is this gonna happen like are we gonna get through this thing and you know we were week one we we're like no way 
no way we're finishing a major league baseball season. So the fact that they did, that by the end of the season, the positive cuts have pretty much gone away, that they decided very quickly to create a two-city bubble for their postseason. They've executed that extraordinarily well. Uh, and that they were able to do a season, and this is where they should get bonus points where you know the other leagues don't, where they were traveling around. And th- there really was no bubble for the regular season. And other than the Marlins and the Cardinals, nobody else had like huge outbreaks where a bunch of people got sick and a, you know, a whole lot of stuff had to be canceled. Everybody else more or less took care of their business, uh, followed the protocols. Uh, and I'm, I'm quite frankly amazed because we had people like early on, we had coaches being like, man, my guys can power through it. Like, dude, no, that's, that's, this isn't a sprained ankle, bro. Um, but they figured it out. I am, I am flabbergasted that major league baseball is going to have a world series this year. And, um, with almost no dramatics for the last month and a half, two months, like, I'm, I'm amazed, just amazed by it. All right, Harrison. Sorry, I didn't know if I was muted or not. Why are you laughing today? What is going on over there? <laughs> Straight up, like, what's happening in the background? Yeah, you can't see to... anything, but it's a lot of noise. Oh, no, that's why I was muted. That's why I was like, am I unmuted now? Uh, we've got Darren here. He's setting up to open. So so pe- the good people can come down to the DMVR bar at 4 o'clock to get a Breck brew. So that, no. woohoo! You heard that. It just sounds like he's breaking stuff. Harrison, who do you think handled it the best? I mean, I think it's probably a tie with the NBA and NHL. The thing I'll say though about like the NBA guys being in the bubble, I know a lot of it, like the stuff that leaked out on social media, it looked like fun in a sense to be there. You know, peak guys were at the pool. Uh, you know, guys were joking around with one another, seeing each other in the hallways. It was a, it, it's a huge strain to play in a bubble um, yeah. because a lot of those guys, you know, some had their families there, but a lot didn't because, look, to get inside the bubble, you have to, you know, quarantine for a week and test negative a lot of times before even entering the bubble. And look, you can't really do that if you have like young kids. So. Uh, most of the guys didn't have their families and, and loved ones there. And, you know, that's why it's it's just tough to see, like, them agreeing to have a bubble in the future because I don't see how guys would agree to do that again. And um, I, I don't really blame them either. Harrison, did we – out of the Nuggets, was it just MPJ's dad that was there or did more yeah, Nuggets have family the, o- the only family member uh, from the Nuggets to go was Michael Porter Sr. And, like, <laughs> M- Michael Malone, like, made a big deal out of yeah. the coaches and the staffers not being allowed to have family down there until the Western Conference Finals, which he was right in, like, raising the alarms about. The fact that players could have guests but coaches couldn't, I think, was a little messed up. But just the protocols to get into the bubble and, like I was just saying with the – the hoops you have to jump through if you have like yeah. young kids keeping them in a hotel room for a week straight. Like that's just unrealistic for a lot of families. So yeah, most people down there just went without family for the entire time. Coaches you know? eventually were able to have family there, correct? 
Yeah, they were. They were. Once you got to the Western Conference Finals, you could invite family down. You could. And that's that's tough though because they went to a game seven, and like you've got to go through all the protocols. Like you have to go down there and prepare for that in advance, right? Like, right? Yeah, I wonder like. Were Clippers families like preparing? Like, were they there a week, like waiting to get into the bubble? And then the Clippers lost, and so they're like, "Well, okay, I guess I'm going home now." There were some um, Nuggets staffers, I believe, and I'm sure it was the same with the Clippers, who were quarantining, ready to get into the bubble, but the Nuggets were eliminated by the Lakers, so they never actually made it into the bubble. <laughs> Yeah. A, slow, a slow clap. We have a comment from the count saying, shout out to Zach's plant. Yes, he loves my plant. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Solid. the count. Solid. Shout out to the count. I love our, our members. We've got some funny comments in here. Uh, Michael Harrison was questioning why AJ was casually looking over paperwork earlier. <laughs> he is voting right now. So it was my ballot. You haven't voted, go vote, guys. Go, yeah. go get your ballots vote. and everything. Um, it's and, really easy in this state. <laughs> yeah. And specifically vote the right way. <laughs> okay. well, uh, did you know, so I have to, I have to um, send in an absentee ballot um, because I still don't have a Colorado driver's license, which I really should. Um, it's been like six years, dude. I know. But I went to, but, uh, it's been seven. But four of those were college, so I didn't know I was staying here. No. Um, he was still saying water for like the first three. So, uh, yeah, like, I was talking about water ice and coffee and all those good yeah. things. <laughs> Rita, you heard that. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so there's so many things that you have to make sure you do on your absentee ballot to um, have it count. Your signature, the craziest one was your signature has to match yeah. your ID. Um, and my signature on my ID, I did that when I was 15. And it looks nothing like my current signature. So I'm going to have to look at it and be like, oh, You have to forge your own signature. signature. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but okay, anyways, random, random little go vote um, section. We're and a, read we'll the finish, instructions carefully. <laughs> read the instructions. Um, we'll finish this topic off with Zach. Do you think the NFL will make it to the Super Bowl? Yes, in, in some form or fashion, the NFL is not going to, uh, to to quit on this season. And it may take a lot of things changing, uh, and it's not going – it can't look the same as it has in years past. The NFL is trying to do that now, and it's not working. So it will look a lot different than what the NFL wants to do and what they're used to doing, but they will. The, they will power through somehow and make it to the end. Could you imagine classic media day with one player surrounded by 50 reporters <laughs> all climbing over each other? Yeah, oh my God. probably not going to happen. Super Bowl oh, will definitely man. be interesting with the way that media works. AJ. Just, just trying to like, did the, just trying to figure out how they're going to, they're going to work around it. Cause you know, the NFL is going to do something. Yeah. They're like, no, we're still going to have media day, but you're going to have to wear a mask. And like, we're only going to let six people in at a time. And it's going to take 14 hours. I was say. <laughs> we'll be here for a week. And yeah, exactly. Media well, day Lane might be like be four insane. media days. Just here so I don't get fined for 24 hours straight. That's right. <laughs> so right now in Colorado, we don't have much going on besides the Broncos, but the Avs have made a few moves during free agency. And 
all of our DMVR Avalanche followers know mm. how AJ is feeling about some of them. Mm. So before we get to that, I got to tell you guys about Green Mountain Dental Group. They are the best damn family-owned dentists in the metro area. They're just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. They treat you like family. They're Denver sports fans. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. When you go, tweet at us, tag them. Dark in here. Um, because when you show them support, that benefits us and that helps us. And we just want to show them how fantastic our community is here. Sonicare toothbrush, we've got Peloton Princey here, Harrison Wind. We always talk about a game-changing electric toothbrush. You want to go, all you got to do is schedule cleaning X-ray and exam, and you get a free Sonicare toothbrush. So don't forget to check our friends out at Green Mountain Dental Group. All right, AJ. I yep. want you. I want you to tell us what, what for the podcast listeners. I'm about to show an image. Um, so I apologize, but I want I want you to tell us how you were feeling in this exact moment. Overwhelmed. <laughs> what was going through your mind approximately here? I just needed a minute. <laughs> we uh, this was like the end of the show, and. I like I obviously everybody I had like reacted live to everything that was going on and uh it was a, it was a lot and I just kind of needed a minute to just breathe like a lot of times when we go through our our analysis of stuff we've had time to kind of work through it you know think about it a little bit like this literally happened in like the 55th minute of our podcast we were just wrapping it up and getting ready to go and then they were like, hey, we're going to make a huge trade. That Joe Sackick was just like, mic drop, watch this. Yeah, and it happened to be, like, it happened to be a trade, like, with the team that I follow and, like, one of, like, the players that I'm most fond of from that team. And so it was just like, there was, like, nobody on earth more prepared for that deal than I was in that moment. <laughs> and so it was hard for me to try to, like, contain everything that I was feeling at the time. Because I was so excited about it, and then like, you're trying to be a pro, you're trying to be honest, but you're trying not to be like, they're winning the next five Stanley Cups, you know? Like you're trying to like, <laughs> you're trying to stay on earth here. But there was just there was a lot happening in that moment. I just kind of needed to breathe. Well, do you want to tell people what happened to get you so hyped? No, I'm good. Come on! <laughs> Wait, no, I, uh, I, I, you I, know, got, I got the video. I subscribe got the video to the DNVR Avalanche podcast. You know, yeah, and it has audio for the podcast listeners. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. Adult language warning. I should have said that. Oh, shit. <laughs> Okay, I need to stop it. Just hear it over and over and over again. An endless loop. It's fine. Amazing, amazing content. I had people immediately tweet at me, yeah. Allie, you need to find this clip of AJ reacting yeah. ASAP. I was really excited. So tell us. Tell uh, well, us about I mean, the like, big, so they you trade. said there was two big NHL or AVS free agency acquisitions. So tell us about it. Yeah, so they traded for Brandon Saad. They gave up Zadorov for Brandon Saad, which was a great deal for them because Zadorov's always been pretty overrated. Um and like they can they can replace him internally pretty easily pretty easily. I just want to keep this image up <laughs> But I should just change that to my profile picture. Yeah, <laughs> you probably. should. Um 
so I the 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 sod deal like that's their sixth top six forward. He's really good. He's a good complimentary player. He doesn't have to be a star for them. He's not gonna like. It's not gonna be like an overwhelming amount of talent like when they were talking about signing Taylor Hall. Um, the sod thing, it's just it was great value too because they're giving up Nikita Zadorov, whom they didn't want to sign and commit to long term. Um, a guy that they had kind of run their course with and who just wasn't really a great fit with what the Avs were trying to do defensively moving forward. Sorry. Drew. <laughs> Drew um, I just got to know Big Z and he crushed yeah. I know. I think, I think the fan base, well, even though Zadorov took a shot at Avalanche fans, which was extremely uncalled for, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't mind it. I was annoyed. Because it's not seven to five percent freaking Chicago fans in the Pepsi Center. 50-50 maybe, but not seventy-five. Um, Get your math right, Big Z. But fans were definitely sad to see him go. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a big, goofy, lovable guy. Like I I will miss him in the locker room because he's he's one of those personalities that you know he just kind of carries on the way that he does. Doesn't take anything too seriously. Doesn't get too high or too low. Just a, just a chill guy. And, like, and teams me. teams need that attitude. Right. So. Uh, also, yeah, I do I do also like that he that he killed dudes. Right. Like, he he put up the big highlight reel hits every once in a while. Uh, his effectiveness defensively, not, not nearly as You're good as you would think. <laughs> but um, they won't – I don't think they'll miss him very much, honestly. Um, on ice-wise, I don't think they'll miss him very much. Uh, but the other one was getting Devon Taves, uh, who is a legit top four defenseman for two second round picks. The Avs have gotten exactly one NHL player uh, out of the second round in the last 11 years, and it was Ryan O'Reilly in 2009. Uh, otherwise, the second round is they haven't drafted and developed a damn thing out of there. Connor Timmons might still become the that guy as it is. That's still the, their one guy for the decade. Woo! So them giving up second-round picks doesn't really hurt that much. Um, for for a, that price, you know, for a defenseman that's 26 years old in the heart of his prime and is a is a top four defenseman. <laughs> I had to add this comment from the count. We Rockies fans don't understand trades. What? What is das trade you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> what is das? Um, yeah, so Taves, Taves like solidifies their their defense and really gives them another rock solid two way player on their back end that is a little bit higher end than a guy like Ian Cole or Ryan Graves. Um, so they just makes them better. Um, both deals were easy wins for the Avs and filled needs and made them better. My foot is so asleep, and it's so tingly and so uncomfortable. Sorry, I'm really struggling. So I'm short, and I, I grabbed a big thing to make it look better. But now, then I have to sit on my leg to for it to even out. Anyways, that, that's what I'm over here looking and pain for, because I have such bad pins and needles. Um, Yeah. We are. So, real quick question for Harrison and AJ. When I've gotten a lot of people who've asked me, when do you guys, I know there isn't an official date yet, but when do you think the NBA will be back? 
around what time and when do you think the NHL will be back? Harrison, I'll let you go first. Uh, can you guys hear me? My, my internet was messing up. Yes, yeah. we can hear you. Um, I don't think the NBA is going to be back until March or late February. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why do you uh, think that? The NBA does... Well, the NBA does not want to play in a bubble again. They want to play in home arenas because uh, they could be in a, a, a lot of financial trouble here. Um, 40% of the league's revenue is from ticket sales. So they're already going to have to like artificially inflate the salary cap next year just so it doesn't drop like by a huge amount. Um, and they want to get fans in the arenas. And the only way they can do that is probably by pushing the start date back as far as possible so they can get rapid testing. They absolutely need fans in arenas just to get some revenue. Um, so I, I, I think they're going to keep pushing the start day back. They're saying January, but I, I think that's, I, I don't think that's likely to happen at all. Um, they want to play in their home arenas. Uh, they need the owners to recoup some of this money that they've lost. Um, so they're going to push really hard for fans and, they they absolutely absolutely need fans in arenas like this regular season or else they're just going to be losing so much money again it, it it's not going to be good news for the league do you think the the draft and free agency will go as as planned right now yeah so the draft scheduled for uh middle november to late 18th. november yeah, yeah that that will still happen i think free agency will follow like a month after that uh, but in terms of next season, they're not going to commit to a date because honestly, they don't know what things are going to look like in January. Um, yeah. And like I said, getting fans in arenas is their number one priority for when they start next season. So I could see them pushing it back and pushing it back until they can do that to try to recoup some of this money. AJ, what about the NHL? Uh, they had a December one start date as part of their return to play um, like plan. Uh, they have thankfully given up on that already and decided to push it back to January one. If you talk to people around the league, uh, they'll tell you that that's that's optimistic. Um, realistically, we're I think I think the NHL um, very much like what Harrison is saying. They they absolutely have to have fans. Um, I think I think their number of the the amount of their revenue from from receipts I think is closer to seventy percent, and so they cannot survive uh, if they don't if they don't get some kind of fans in there. And so I think they're going to try and push it off. They're not going to hard commit to anything yet. They want to see how things go. They want to see what changes get made. You know what? How does society handle the the development of this? Um, They've got to have some kind of fans and stands next year. Uh, that's just the bottom line. If they're going to survive financially, they have to be able to get people in there. And I, I think that they're going to try and push it off as, as long as they can, where they are in a very, very bad spot compared to the rest of the leagues, is that they are all of their American television rights are owned exclusively by NBC. And NBC has kind of a big commitment coming up this summer with the Summer Olympics getting pushed to this year. And so the NHL season has to finish before the start of the Summer Olympics. And so their goal is to get a full postseason 
and they will shorten up the, the, the regular season as much as they have to in order to get a full postseason, uh, which includes fans, of course, you know, going in and getting them back on their regular schedule. But they have to be done by the start of the, the Summer Olympics. And that that that's a wrinkle for them that they have to consider that the other leagues don't because they're not going to be on television at that point. We saw the Avs game. The Avs game seven got pushed to USA Network. Interrupted a Law and Order yeah, uh, marathon. Exactly <laughs> because of the Kentucky freaking Derby. Uh, <laughs> so we're talking horses are a national treasure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we don't so need more spicy Friday from AJ. Yeah, <laughs> they they're they're in a they're in a bad spot, um, and they've. They, I don't think that January 1st is going to happen, but I think certainly by February 1st we're looking at something. I think it's going to look a lot like the 2012-2013 lockout season where they play 48 games mm-hmm. and uh, have a full postseason and then just go from there. They, they're going to use that as their model for how to start in mid to late January and go from there. How they get fans in into the stands, to be determined, but they have to have them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same general idea here. B- baseball does have a little bit more built-in revenue through their TV deals for every individual team in a way, though the Rockies' TV deal isn't especially great. Um, they're they're a little bit less reliant on that, you know, ticket money every single day. But then there are so many games, so some teams are more reliant on that than others, the Rockies being one of them. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, I think, like everyone's saying, you know, we got to see how society responds to this and hope that by – next march uh we're talking about more returns to normalcy and not how bad we've continued to mess this up and 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 taking steps backwards or being stuck in the same spot because you know, sports will will suffer the way everything else does we do need the nfl to figure all of this out at the end of the day so we can at least have some sports and college Please. football um for a bit longer but All right, guys, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in and watching the live stream, listening listening to it over the podcast. We appreciate all of your support so, so much. If you have any questions you guys want us to talk about, feel free to tweet at me, um, respond to the dnvr.com post of this podcast. I hope everyone goes and enjoys some Breck Brews, and we will see you guys next week.